We've been in a series called Steadfast Love. Uh, we started off looking at the book Hosea, and now we're looking at the book of Jonah, and we're week two. Hillary last week uh, preached out of Jonah 1, where we see this quite incredible story, very well known, uh, pretty famous, where Jonah has decided to go against the will of God. God is calling him to go to Nineveh, and he decides he wants to go elsewhere. And uh, in so, it, it doesn't go well for him. He ends up thrown overboard, uh, into a storm and things are pretty dicey. And today we're going to carry on seeing what, what happens from here on out in Jonah chapter 2. And uh, Just before we read the passage, one of the things as I've read it, I've been thinking about is I love uh, some of those sort of cliche phrases that you get that mean quite a lot of things, uh, but also a bit generic. I, you know, you've got to take the rough with the smooth or uh, one in the hand is better than two in the bush. Or, you know, probably the, the favourite, which is most applicable to Jonah, is life is like a roller coaster. You know, there's lots of ups and downs. And that is very true. Although generic, there's a lot of truth in a lot of these sayings. And that one in particular, if you've lived any amount of years, you know life is full of up and downs. In fact, even kids would know that life is like a roller coaster, up and downs. One minute, you know, they've got a toy, they're delighted. The next minute, tears of despair because they've had to share it or someone's taking it away. So, uh, you know, children very much up and down. And even the adult life, you speak with people, you chat with people, how are you? Ups and downs, not doing anything particularly well. And, and sometimes there can be moments in our lives when we feel very down, you know, because I'm, I'm really down in the dumps. I'm, I'm not in a good place. Well... Jonah knows exactly how that would feel. We've already seen in chapter one the ups and downs of his own life, things that were great at one minute, and now he finds himself in, in a very dark place. In fact, he's, he's, been, he's in, in the ocean, in the belly of the whale. And so we're going we're gonna to read it because it can pose questions when things are like that. Why is this happening? How is this fair? How long will this last? What should I do in response? And so hopefully as we read Jonah 2 together, uh, and we look at his own story, his own narrative, uh, we'll be able to draw some things out of it together. And in fact, this chapter two is more like a psalm, a song that we're going to read. It's a song that Jonah sings in the belly of the fish. And uh, I think it can be so insightful for us. So you can turn to Jonah two. I'm going to read from verse one. Then Jonah, this is in the belly of the fish. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Shaul I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life, the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon 
the dry land. This is the word of the Lord. This song, this psalm almost that we get from Jonah, uh, we're going to look at it in two parts because it takes us on a real journey. It begins with a descent down, the descent down to the depths, and then it uh, kind of then midway switches and begins an ascent to the heights. And we're going to look at both of those things together, how it plays out. Jonah begins with being thrown overboard. He's overboard and he's, he's going down and down and down. And in that moment, out of that place, in this fish he finds himself, he says, he calls out to the Lord, out of my distress. I've often found it's usually in times of distress and desperation is when people want to call out to the Lord. When people kind of think there's no hope. There's, uh, I, I can't see a, a way out of this. I don't know where things are going to go. That can be our story often, can't it? In desperation, you think, I must call out to the Lord. Even the most aggressive atheists find themselves in moments of maybe grief, of, of, of despair, of bereavement. They find themselves you know, in, in, in maybe terminal illness or ill health crying out to the Lord because they're desperate. There must be hope beyond just my circumstances. And this is Jonah here. He was a, a, a backslidden prophet. He had turned his back on God. He was trying to do his own thing. Yet in his desperation, he literally says, I cried out, I called out to the Lord. Because he's, because he's desperate. He's, he's hit rock bottom. He tells us, this is out of the, the belly of Shaul I cried. Shaul in the Old Testament was, you know, it's just like the house of death, the place of death. And so he's like, I've hit rock bottom. I can't get much lower than this. And, I, and in that place, what else can I do but call out to God? And so he does. He, he calls out to him. He, he, says, he says, from the very deep, and he says, you know, for you, verse three, you cast me into the deep. Because Jonah is, 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 is in the very depths. The, the deep is, you get that phrase in Genesis 3, if you know the beginning, you know, uh, the, the waters hovered over the surface of the deep. That was a way of, in, in, in Hebrew language, describing almost just chaos of nothingness, of, of this void of emptiness. And so Jonah is describing his situation. I'm, I'm in the deep, I'm in chaos, I'm in, I'm in free fall, and I call out to the Lord. And the beautiful thing is, you get an indication of the sort of God that we serve because it says, and you heard my voice. When we call out to the Lord, when we call out to God, we, we, our, our voices don't fall on deaf ears. He, heard, he hears our voice. He hears the prayers. And so Jonah calls out. He says, well, you know, where is God? Because he's in, in a real, real dark place. And in fact, the whole of Jonah, you might not have realised this, but in fact, the whole story of Jonah is basically a story of downward descent. Right, it begins in chapter one, if you read it carefully, it says that Jonah begins off by going down to Joppa. And then on his way to go down to visit Joppa, he goes down into the boat. It literally says he goes down into the boat. Then he goes down into the innermost parts of the boat. And she's going down and down and down. Then he gets cast over the sea, down into the depths of the sea. And verse three and, and verse five literally say those things. It says that, you know, you cast me into the deep. Verse five, the deep surrounded me. He, his journey is going down and down and down and down till he hits the very bottom, literally the bottom of the ocean. It's this journey of, of downward descent for him that, that ends up kind of this, this incredible scene that you get described in this song. Can you just imagine for a moment being tossed overboard a ship? Some of us aren't swimmers, you'd be panicking. 
even those that may be confident in the water, you probably might feel a bit, a bit relaxed if it was nice calm waters for a while, but you'd probably still be really scared. You're thinking, I don't know, how, I can't see land. This, uh, how far can I swim? How far can I float? But to be chopped over into rough waters where Jonah describes, you know, uh, your, the waves and the billows passed over me, where you're literally being tossed around and chucked about, the waves are overwhelming you, you're, you're struggling, you're gasping for air, it's like, and then suddenly you're being plucked down. And, and the scene he describes is like, just as you're trying to catch your breath, suddenly seaweed comes and tangles itself around your face and your neck, and you're being dragged down. Can you imagine the fear and the despair and the desperation that he was in? It's this vivid scene that we get, this kind of century vivid scene of his desperation that, that he's going through. And you think, why is, is kind of all of, is Jonah going through this? Why do we get such level of description? Well, I think one of the reasons why is because God wanted to make it, wanted to make it really clear how desperate it was. That, that things were so bad that in order for Jonah to be saved, he could contribute absolutely nothing to his salvation. He was at the mercy of God, who sends a fish. He was at the mercy of a fish. He, he, Jonah could do nothing there to save himself. He could do absolutely nothing. And that would be our story, the, the story of, the, of, of, of a Christian is, is coming to recognize that actually, I can do absolutely nothing to save myself. It's only God who can save me. And, and you see that pattern throughout scripture. God often works like that. When you read the Bible, if you read it long enough, you often find that God works through, uh, people are drawn through hardship, through suffering, through failure, quite on, honestly, and oftentimes. And at the other end, they usually learn, wow, it's only but God that I can do this. You read the Bible, every character that you would see, every leader that would be uh, commendable or someone that you want to aspire to, whether it be Abraham, Ruth, David, you know, Esther, uh, go through to the, into the New Testament, Peter and Paul and the apostles, all of them, have suffered or failed or both. When you find yourself in hardship or failure or suffering, you're in very good company when it comes to the scriptures. And there's often deep lessons to be learned. Jonah was, was learning that it's only God that can save me in this moment. We're learning, but we need God. Jonah had, in, in some ways you could describe, he'd come to the end of himself. That's our story sometimes. We have to come to the end of ourselves. We realise that you know, that, there's nothing I can do here. You know, that was literally his story. That you, you, sometimes you never realise God is all you need until God is all you have. Sometimes you don't realise that no, God, is, God is all I really need because at this moment, everything else might be falling apart, but I've got God. And that is Jonah's cry. That's his call in these first few verses that you get in Jonah 2, that, that in order to begin to descend, to, to ascend, sorry, in order to begin his climb out of the waters, uh, but also in his faith and in his life, first he needed to come to the end of himself. For, for Jonah, the way up first began with going down. And then God takes him through this experience. It's almost like to try and shake him a little bit. Jonah wandered so far doing his own thing, going his own way, not trying to follow the plans and the purposes of God for his life. That he, he, There needed to be something that would get his attention, that would shake him back into reality. I was chatting with a friend of mine um, not too long ago, he was a pastor um, down in Horsham, and he, he's had some health complications. And one of those things has been that his heart has, has, has had a very irregular beat and, and there's kind of been issues with it. 
And so he went to hospital and he described this thing to me. I think it's called a cardioversion or something like that. But they literally sh like shock his heart back into action to almost kind of get it out of that irregular rhythm, to get it working again. And, and it worked. He'd come in, so they literally shake it. And, and just to get it working as it did. And, and sometimes you see that in the scriptures where God will literally shake people. It's like a bang on the head. Come on, you need to liven up. Get yourself together. And sometimes you go through an experience for that. It's like a, a kind of, just to get it working again. You do it with a TV remote, don't you? You whack it. I don't know why that works. It just does. Sometimes you whack the remote and then suddenly it works. I don't know why. It just does. But, but sometimes there's things like that happen in our lives where God is trying to get our attention. This is what definitely happened with Jonah. He's being shaken there. He shakes Jonah because Jonah was off. He was wayward. He wasn't following the purpose and plans for his life. He wasn't doing the thing God called him to do. He wasn't going where God wanted him to go. And so in the end, he ends up overboard. Down in the depths. And so he's, this whole journey, the first chapter and a half of, of the story of Jonah is his story down into the depths. But he doesn't stay there. There's this turning point, the second part of this song, you know, from verse six onwards is really about his ascent upwards. You get this beautiful turning point in the story where he begins to ascend it. It says in verse six, as the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought me up my life from that pit. Jonah's describing just before in verses five and six, it's like the bars of prison closed over me. The, the, the tops of the mountains were caving over me. The seaweed was tangled around me. He's like, my life was, was lost. I was without hope. I was in prison. I, I wasn't going down a good path. I was in the depths. I was in a dark place, a desperate place, a lost place. Maybe that's your own story. Maybe you can resonate even now with where, what you're walking through or what you're going in. But, but you get this beautiful turning point in the story. Yet... Yet you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. It, it all turns on this. Reminds me of Psalm 40, verse two, you know, uh, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet upon a rock. I love that verse. That, that is literally everyone's story. God has drawn us out. He does it all. He does all the work. He's drawn us out of the mud and the mire and he's set your feet on a firm foundation on a rock. And this, that's what it says in Psalm 40. This is Jonah's story. You brought my life out from the pit. Oh Lord, my God. It's his yet moment. Life is full of yet moments. You ever thought about that? Yet moments in God. Our life as a Christian is full of yet moments. This was Jonah's one. You know, he literally could have said, you know, I was down in the land, yet God. The bars surrounded me and took over, yet God. I was at the depths of the ocean, yet God. And we could go on even our own lives. I was lost and without hope, yet God found me and gave me hope. I was addicted and chained to these things, yet God brought me into a place of freedom. I was alone and without uh, any family, yet God has set me, has adopted me as his child and set me in the family of God. And we could go on and on and on, yet moments where we seem like we had no hope, we seem like weren't there, things weren't good for us, but God. But God stepped in, God intervened, God changed things. Because in, in life, we're all gonna go through tough times and, and you've probably experienced this because I know I have, that these, they don't tend to spread out you know, like sometimes people say, so I, don't, I don't really want to declare that, but bad things can come in freeze. 
or, or bad things happening, however many, because it always seems to be the time when you've, I don't know, you're struggling for a little bit of money or you've had to pay it for something else, then the, the washing machine packs up. Or the same time that suddenly there's a leak. Or the same time that, oh, you know, uh, the washing machine packed up, literally, you know, the car's failed its MOT. So these things always seem to come. It'd be much easier, wouldn't it, if all of the hardships we had to go through in life could be spread out kind of across a lifetime so that we could manage and cope. So, oh, you're one thing a year or something. But some, it, it, life doesn't work like that. There's no science to it. You, you can't kind of go, oh, this one, I'll just wait for that next year. I've got some financial difficulty at the minute. All my health stuff just keep that on the back burner. Maybe in a couple of years I'll still, and it doesn't work like that. I'm pretty confident all of us can relate to times where you thought, oh, there's been, this has been overwhelming. There's been two or three things that are going on. I, I, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I'm feeling a little down. I'm struggling. I'm finding it hard. I, I don't know what to do. In those moments, it's stories like this one that we must cling on to. It's stories like the story of Jonah. It's stories like this yet God broke in moment where you realise that actually the story of Jonah is that things seemed impossible for Jonah but they weren't impossible for God. You mark 127 with God, nothing is impossible. Maybe even to your own situation now, you think there's, there's, there's things going on that you think, I, I can't see a way through with this. I don't see how this can improve. I don't see how this relationship can get fixed. I don't see how this issue with that person can be solved. I don't see, I can't see a way through with this health complication. I can't see a way in that work situation. I can't see how this family breakdown is gonna get restored. And when we begin to think like that, we can get down in the dumps, but we must remember, but God. Because with, with what is impossible with man is not impossible with God. Because what God cannot do does not exist. And Jonah is, is, is a living testimony of it. And lots of us already are living testimonies of the things that God has done in our life. And we hold on to it and we cling to it and we realise, oh, wow, this transforms everything. In verse six, you get that. And so he carries on after verse six, that God has brought my life out of the pit. He says, my life was fainting away, but I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Jonah here is coming back into the Lord's presence. If you read the first beginning of chapter one, it says that the Jonah left the presence of the Lord. That face-to-face -face relationship with the Lord. How can you leave the Lord's presence? He's, on, you know, he's omnipresent. What he's talking about there, the Hebrew word for presence, radaf, is that it means face-to-face -face fellowship. Jonah's left that face-to-face -face fellowship of the Lord. And, 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 and so he's, he's not in relationship now. But here he's saying, I was fainting away, but here he's saying, I come back into the presence in your holy temple. He's not physically there, he's in the belly. But, but God's presence in the Old Testament was in the temple. And so this is significant for Jonah. He's saying, I've come back into your presence. I've come to be with the Lord again. I've remembered it. My prayer, it's come up to you. He, he's like, I've turned back to grace. I've turned back to God. This is his prodigal son moment. This is his returning home moment. This is his, I was going one way, but I've U-turned and come back to the Lord moment. And what I find most significant about all of it is all of this happens before Jonah's come out of the fish. Jonah doesn't know. Jonah at the minute has been saved. He's in this fish and he's alive, not dead. But he doesn't, there's no guarantee for him at this stage that he's going to come back on the land. He doesn't know that he's not through the woods yet. He's not out the dark. And there's a lesson for us in it because it means that our circumstances don't dictate when we praise God. The, the, the sort of, the, the coming back to God here that Jonah is talking about, which he goes on to say, salvation is from the Lord, is simply talking about having relationship with God again in the midst of his suffering. 
It doesn't mean that his suffering's all gone away. It doesn't mean all of these problems are dissolved. He's still in the belly of a fish. He doesn't know how long he's going to be there. He doesn't know if he'll ever get out. But the reason that he's so overjoyed is because he's began to realise my heart has been drawn back to God again. And that's what salvation really is. Our heart being drawn back to the Lord. And when we have that, that means that we can have joy whatever our circumstances are. That's why Paul is able to write from prison in chains, rejoice. That's why the apostles are able to leave the Sanhedrin being threatened for their lives. And we rejoiced that we were suffering. That's why Jonah is in the belly of a fish going, oh, my prayers have gone to the Lord in his temple. I'm in his presence. He knows me, he's for me and salvation comes from him. Because when our hearts are drawn to God, whatever our outward circumstances are going on, though things may be difficult, we can hold on to hope that God is with us and that we've got relationship with the Lord and that we have salvation that comes from him. That is one of the most beautiful lessons that you get in this book. It's like the story that you get in Daniel, the three young Hebrew lads, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. When you're going through hardship and suffering, when they're about to go into that, you know, into the fire furnace, they say, God can save us. We believe God can save us. We believe God is going to. But even if he doesn't, we're going to praise him. And that's the story of the Christian. Jonah's probably thinking in here, I think God can take me out of the belly of this fish. I think he will do it, but even if he doesn't, salvation comes to the Lord. Whatever situation you find yourself in today, we choose to praise the Lord despite our circumstances. He can heal us, he will heal us, but even if he doesn't, he can deliver us. Jonah's place of death here, Jonah's place of despair here became a place of deliverance. And that can be our story, that God wants to deliver us but we're going to praise him anyway. And so you see this kind of downward journey for Jonah then becomes this journey of ascent to now know the Lord. And then these last couple of verses that you get in verse 8, Jonah basically, this journey that he's been on of going down into the depths and ascending back into the heights of the Lord's presence, he basically wants to tell us the lesson that he's learned. The lesson I've learned, he says in verse 8, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. I love the way it's put in the NIV version. It says, those who cling to worthless idols forsake the grace that could be theirs. This is Jonah's story. I was clinging on to self-sufficiency, to self-reliance, to doing things my way. And when I was doing that, when I was clinging on to these things, holding on, I was forsaking, I was missing out on, I was losing the steadfast hope and love and grace that could have been mine all along. It's a way of saying, we said this in that Hosea book, why cling and hold on to idols, things that are dead, that offer you no life, that offer you no substance, no authority, no security. Why cling on to these things that lead to emptiness when you can have the grace of God, when you can build your life on those things? So the people that cling on to idols, they're, they're missing out on, they're forsaking, they're passing on the opportunity of the steadfast hope and love that comes from God. And Jonah is trying to shake him into it. It's the lesson that he's learned. And he keeps going on. He says, you know, for that reason, he says, they pay regard to, the, uh, you know, the, to those idols and salvation, as he goes on, belongs to the Lord. That's basically, you know, salvation belongs to God is what we've even, some people are getting baptised across the church today. Even there they're going, salvation belongs to God. I'm all in to follow him. And then the, 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 the famous story goes that the fish then spits Jonah back out onto the land. I love that. He vomits him out onto the land. 
And whether you like it or not, it might not be the most beautiful description, but that is basically what's happened to all of those being baptised. They've been vomited out of the waters. Wouldn't be the way I describe it to colleagues at work or your mates at college, but you go into the waters as Jonah did, and you go into the depths and you rise again. And as you come out of the waters, as Jonah was vomited out of the waters, you come into new life. Hillary spoke about that, about the, the, the kind of the sign of Jonah in Christ. It's the same thing that Christ did. He goes into the waters and he comes back out. But the thing I want to finish on is this that Christ is in this story, not only in the way that, in the same way Jonah goes into the waters and comes out for for three days and that Christ goes into the grave for three days and comes out again. It goes beyond that. Because Christ is, is the the, the descent of Christ, the downward journey of Jesus. If you read Philippians 2, I just want to read this because you see that the whole of Jesus' life actually beyond these death was a story of descent and then ascent. It says this in Philippians 2 describing Christ. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So you see, this is the descent of Jesus. Though he was very God, he takes on the form of a servant. He takes on human flesh. He comes down to earth, lives amongst us, and he goes down into the depths of the grave. He goes down into the belly of the grave, onto the cross, into the grave, as down, dark, and deep as it can go. That's his downward journey. But it doesn't stop there. Because after that, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus' journey is the opposite of what we like to say, the rags to riches story that we all love. Kind of, he started, you know, that Drake song a decade ago, he started at the bottom, now I'm here. We love that idea. Jesus came from riches to rags. He came from the heights to the very bottom, to the very grave, taking on all sin and all death and all wrath and all anger. And in the very depths of the grave, he rises victorious again, defeating all of those things. That his life is shaped like a U, literally comes down, right down, and then back to the top, ascending in glory. That was Jonah's story, down into the depths and up again to salvation. That was Jesus' story. And friends, today, that's our story. For those of us who trust and follow Jesus, we enter into life with him, that we go down only to ascend again. That, that may circumstances may be difficult now, but in the end, there's glory for us and we can take hope in it, we can take heart in it, and we can resonate with Jonah in the midst of maybe our dark times or suffering. We can see that actually, though pain and sorrow may last for a night, joy comes in the morning. And though we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is with us and in the end leads us to greener valleys. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the beauty of this scripture, the story of Jonah. Lord, it's his story, it's Christ's story, and it's ours. And I pray that in the midst of difficulty and suffering, now we know the peace and the joy of God. And may we know what it is, Lord, to praise you and walk with you in the midst of our suffering. In Jesus' name, amen.